Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's Word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. Well, how many of y'all came expecting something this morning? Did you come expecting? If you want it, tell your neighbor, come and get it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that young man right here, too. He's, he is uh, growing up to be very godly, very affectionate of God. Well, amen, let's just, let's just pray and invite God's uh, presence, and his blessing over his word. Um, Man, God, you're so good. Thank you so much for who you are in our life. Thanks for loving us so well. Thanks for bringing us together. Thanks for calling us family. Thanks for taking care of us in ways that we are not even aware of. Lord, do what we can't. Change us, God. <laughs> it's only by your power. It's only by your might that we can, we can do anything that can amount to any eternal value. Lord, and so we, we, we give you the reins. I give you the reins right now. In Jesus' name, yeah, just have your way. Amen. All who believed and agreed said amen. amen. Okay. All right, we're going back to the Old Testament again today. And if you want to title this, we're in the middle of a, a series right now called uh, Following Jesus. I know it's really, uh, really simple, but we believe so deeply that if you want to be a Christian, you must follow Jesus. I, see, I told you, it's really complicated. Tell your neighbor, follow Jesus. And so this is something that we don't just do alone. So tell your other neighbor, don't, don't go alone. We do this together. That's, that's what faith is. And, and actually, that's what I want to be talking to you about today. And I really have been praying and seeking God's face and asking that he would, he would stir us up. He would stir the faith on the inside of us that would rise up and, and that we would go boldly into uh, every, everything that he's calling us to accomplish and everything that everywhere he's calling us to go. And, and I just, my heart is stirring so deeply for what God is doing in this region. Uh, um, it's, I was I, on my way here as I drove by the church, as I had to take the, the ramp around on the side, I just thought, how amazing it is it that God is using us to advance the kingdom? Um, one of my scriptures that I want to use later on, but um, something that amazes me is found in uh, 1 John um, 3, 1, and it talks about what, what an amazing thing that the Father would lavish his love on us to call us his children. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And so I really want, um, like I was talking about, I really want to stir up your faith today. How many, how many of y'all believe that faith is important? Um, if you don't think faith is important, think again. Hebrews 11.6 talks about how without faith it's impossible to please God. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, um, 8 and 9 talk about how um, it's by faith through grace that we inherit this, this beautiful thing called salvation. And so if you're taking notes, I, just, I want you to write down um, the, the title of this message. I've, I've titled it very simply, uh, Not by Sight, um, because of what 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 
not 17, but 5-7, says that we walk by faith. Say, I walk by faith, not by sight. And some of y'all, mm-mm-mm, some of y'all need to get a hold of this message because you've been looking with your eyes way too much. You've been, trying to, you've been trying to look and you've been trying to see. You've been trying to put your hands on. You've been trying to do it in your own strength. And that's not the way that we work. That's not the way, that's not the way Jesus worked, okay? So Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example. So we've got to follow in his footsteps. Ask your neighbor, do you agree? Do you agree? Do you think that this is the, this is the way? And if you don't, I, I hope that I can change your mind. Um, the second thing I want to point your attention to is this, and what um, Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 8, uh, verse 30. Um, it, it, uh, it's a paraphrase here, but it says that we are called. We're set apart. So um, if you didn't know, tell your neighbor you've been called. You're going to help me preach today. Is that okay? You've been called. You have been marked. You have been set apart. God sees you. I, I think so many times we get distracted by the fact that for God so loved the world that we forget that God saw me, that God saw an individual on the cross, and he said, you're worth it. And, and if we're going to talk about faith, you've got to really have this something on the inside of you that just reaches out and grabs a hold of that statement and says, I believe that I'm worth it. I, I just... I want to ask you that question, though. Do you believe? Do you believe? Because, listen, we can't go any further in this if you don't believe that you're worth the price that he paid for your life. Your faith to access the kingdom of God and the principles uh, that lie within the kingdom about sowing and reaping and about, you know, being a blessing and about uh, um, sacrifices and, and, you know, all these different things that, that pertain to the kingdom of God, you know, peace, righteousness, joy in the Holy Ghost. These things are all amazing, but if you, if you look over and miss the fact that Jesus paid it all for you, then you've, you've missed the main point. You, you've forsaken your first love. You, you've, you've, you've adulterated the things of God by saying, I, I want the things that lie within the, the kingdom. I want the principles. I want the blessing. I want to I have the status. I want to, you know, be the model Christian, but you've, you've forgotten what is really at the core of this thing. And Jesus, see Romans 8.30, we're, we're called, we're set apart. Jesus knew that. But it, it wasn't for appearance. It wasn't for status. See, remember how our, our king came? Our king came meek. Are you, are you ready to come meek? Are you ready to stay meek? Are you ready to stay low? Ask your neighbor. See, Christianity, especially here in the West, is modeled as something that is socially acceptable. It's something that is, is esteemed. But when you read the Bible and they talk about Christianity, it was something you were hated for. It was something you were martyred for. Your faith, your faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. People are still being beaten, bruised, martyred and beheaded for the sake of the gospel around the world. And yet in America, we, we, we lie asleep because that's not on our doorstep. See, faith, faith has to deal with something so much bigger than what we have in front of us. 
Ooh, man, I just, I just wonder if that resonates with anybody else besides me. Faith has to deal with, with seeing things from God's standpoint. I love what uh, Isaiah says in uh, the chapter 46. I'm going to read the whole chapter. I hope that's okay. It talks about Babylon's idols and the true God. And I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure this is the message. Yeah, pretty positive. Okay, so... It says, Babylon's idols and the true God. The God Bell falls down. God Nebo slumps. The no God hunks of wood are loaded on mules and have to be hauled off, wearing out the poor mules. Dead weight, burdens who can't bear burdens, hauled off to captivity. And, and I just want to, I want you to try and, and think about things in your life that you're putting more attention on than Jesus. These are dead gods, Okay. Whether it's your food, whether it's your habits, whether it's your sleep, whether it's Netflix, whether it's, it's music, whether whatever you are worshiping more than Jesus is a dead God. It can't do anything for you, okay? All right. I love you, but I've got to tell you the truth. All right. So verse 3 starts out saying this, and this is the, the Lord. It says, listen to me, family of Jacob, everyone that is left of the family of Israel. I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born. Now, some of us got a real good revelation of this. We're like... Yeah, if, if God don't help me through this, then mm, we ain't going nowhere. We, this is not turning out for nobody's good, especially mine, right? And, and I love this. He said, he said uh, I'll keep carrying you when you're old. I love that. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I'll be there bearing you up when you're old and gray. I've done it, and I will keep on doing it. See, we have this picture of our forefathers. This faith that we're talking about is so much bigger than what's in front of us, so much bigger. I just wonder if you're, if you're getting a hold of this yet, okay? So he says, I've done it. I'll keep on doing it, carrying you on my back, saving you. Verse 5 starts out, so to whom will you compare me, the incomparable? Like, like just stop and think about the, the bigness of our God, for, for almost a lack of better words. Like, how big is our God? And yet, and yet we, we idolize all these small things, the problems, worry. We pray as if, as if our, our, our prayer, our, the amount that we're praying, like, like that's going to make a difference. Now, now, I'm not discounting prayer. I'm just saying that when you lose sight of the fact that this relationship, the covenant that we have with our great God is the foundation. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid the price. We've got to have a revelation that Jesus is the answer. As simple as that is. That's what he says here. Can you picture me without reducing me? No, it's actually impossible. We can't picture God without reducing him. People with a lot of money hire craftsmen to make them gods. This made me think of Xbox, uh, uh, computer, video games. You know, people, people with lots of money, they, they, they hire and they, they try to, uh, like condos, resorts, like getaways. I've got to get away. I've got to have a vacation. Like they pour their, their money into to their wine bar. I'm... Listen, if you drink wine, that's fine. That's between you and the Lord. Don't get drunk. That's what the Bible says, okay? Bottom line, period. But, but so many people, idol, you know what? This will really make you laugh. Christians idolize coffee. Have you ever been to a, a, a social gathering of Christians and, and, they, and they, talk, they, uh, they don't talk about coffee? Uh, do you guys have any coffee? Like, it's, guys, it's seriously ridiculous. Now, I only have the room to say this because I fasted coffee at the end of the year and through the beginning of the year. And, and I, I, I saw it. I saw that, that everywhere, all over the Western culture of Christianity, 
People idolize coffee. There's coffee culture in everything that we do because that's what a good hipster Christian is. Like, how much, okay, this is what the Bible says. How much money do you spend at Starbucks? You spend everything to make them gods. The artist and delivers the God, they kneel and worship him. Oh, coffee, how great thou art. I've got to have coffee to get through my day. I don't know what it is for you, but I know a lot of Christians that it is coffee. Oh, money, money. Oh, my God. How great thou art, money. I put all of my work, all of my attention into trying to create something that can do nothing for me is how this goes. The artisan delivers the God. They kneel and worship it. They carry it around in holy parades. Then take it home and put it on a shelf. And there it sits, day in, day out. A dependable God, always right where you put it. Don't you love the mockery and, and, and God's stating to you, like, don't you get it? I'm the living God. I'm the one who has the power. Not, not you, not coffee, not money, not stress, not worry, not anxiety, not depression. None of those things have any power over me. Everything that has that name must bow, it must confer lordship to me. I'm Lord. I am the Lord. Say anything you want to it, but it never talks back. Of course, it never does anything. Verse 8 starts like this. Think about this. Wrap your minds around it. Like, really, try and stretch your faith right here, guys. This is serious business, Rebels. Take it to heart. Remember your history, long and rich history. Remember. Come on. Let's pause. Let's think about it. Let's think about the grandmas, the grandpas that came before us. Let's think about the, the, the spiritual fathers and mothers in the faith. God rest mom, you know? It, uh, those who, those who have, have studied and worked and searched and, and, and knelt and prayed, and, and all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what he's really trying to get us to see here. I am God, the only God you've ever had or will have, incomparable, irreplaceable. And this is something I want you to highlight if you don't, from the be- very beginning, telling you what the end will be. Telling you what the ending will be. And, and other, other passages say it, um, say it like this. Um, now I'm trying to remember how other passages say it. Who's got another one right in front of them? Uh-huh. I'll get there if you don't. It's verse 9, I believe. Okay, verse 10, sorry. Yeah, declaring the end from the beginning. See, God works backwards from us. He knows how this is going to turn out for you. He knows how this is going to turn out for each and every single one of us. And, and faith has got to hold, get a hold, got to grab a hold of that picture. Your faith in God must be so strong that you believe that he is going to make this thing turn around. That you believe that the way this is going to end is according to what is in the scripture. Your faith in God cannot be based off of what is happening to you right now, what has gone on in your life in the past week, in the past month, in the past year. I don't care what it looks like. That's what God is trying to get us to see here. Don't you, don't you realize that? Have your eyes not been opened yet? That God is trying to say, I don't care what it looks like. 
Come on, some of y'all need to grab a hold of your life right now and say, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you try to do to me, Satan. What, what you try to throw at me, world. Listen, you can hate me all you want to because I know how this turns out. God speaks about my, my faith. He speaks about my future. He speaks about my family. He speaks about these things. And he says, I declare the ending from the beginning. Faith has got to grab a hold of not what's in front of it, but what God sees, how God sees, how God works, not how we work. You can't do this thing. Come on, some of y'all need to get a hold of that. This was not your plan. Family wasn't, wasn't your plan. That was God's plan. And since he, since he did this, since the, the Institute of Family was his idea, since the Institute, do I have any fathers in the house? Sometimes, we, sometimes as men, we feel like we don't measure up. But this was his idea. Sonship. Owning what he has given to us. That was his idea for you to be where you are right here, right now. And listen, because you are hearing these words, your faith is being activated to believe that God is working it out on your behalf. I hope, I hope you really believe that. From the very beginning, telling you what your ending will be. Like, what? From the very beginning. This is not talking about your beginning. This is talking about from the beginning. This is talking about, because he's talking about your long and your rich history. Sure, absolutely, 100%. This is talking about you, but not just you alone. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. This is so much bigger. Come on, tell your neighbor it's bigger. This is bigger than, it doesn't have to just do with you. God wants to use you to impact the kingdom, to change the world. I, I don't for one second believe, like I was talking about last week, that, that there are use, there's such a thing as a useless Christian, that, that God, he's not done with you. Boy, shoot. <laughs> he barely got started. All right. All right. You remember Dad Hagen, right? You remember the stories that they talk about him? Jesus appeared to, to this guy. Jesus, in the flesh, appeared to him. Right, seven times. And he got to what phase of his ministry? Well, I guess that meant there was more then. So how, how many of y'all think that you've, you've scratched, that you've touched, that you've got a hold of what God has got in store for you? See, there's more. Tell your neighbor. Woo, there's more. And, and some of y'all need to start stretching your faith and acting like you believe that. Instead of just, instead of just mm, right here, what's in front of you, that's enough. That's okay. That's, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, excuse me. But are we talking about the same God? Because my God? Ooh, he split the Red Sea. See, my God stood in the middle of the fiery furnace. See, my God, he delivered them from the hand of Pharaoh. Woo, come on. I think some of y'all ought to just shout about it right now. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God, and he sees the ending from the beginning. You know what, though? He doesn't just stop there. I feel like I've been, trying, I've been missing it. The Lord just keeps hitting me with this, this verse over and over again. Romans 4, 16 and 17, paraphrase. Speak those things that be not as though they are. I want to I finish this passage in a second because I'm going to go to Romans. 
How many of y'all love Romans? Man, it's a good book. Verse 13 starts this way. The promise that would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith, okay? So this is faith we're trying to get a hold of. We're trying to understand because faith is something that we can't touch or see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And so by faith, it says, or it doesn't, that, not this part, but it's working up there. For if those who are not of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise of, is made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, somebody help me out today. Therefore. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but those, but to those who are of the faith, there's that word again, of Abraham, who is the father of his all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believe, God, who gives his life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I want you to highlight calls. I want you to underline that. I want you to like put it in bold. I want you to, to start shouting it from the mountaintop because God calls. He doesn't stay silent, okay? Your problems have a voice. Your flesh has a voice. The devil has a voice, but you know whose voice is greater than them all. Come on now. It is the word of God. It is that word that is hidden in your heart that must come out of your mouth. You got to speak it. You can't, just, you can't just believe it and act upon it. You got to speak it. I said you got to speak it. Come on, baby. I want you to take this home with you. You got to speak it. You got to speak the word of God in faith, by faith, with faith. Come on, somebody. You got to have faith. Tell your neighbor. You got to have faith. And so he ends like this. He said, I'll do exactly what I set out to do. Hmm. Hello. Anybody, that for anybody in here? I'll do exactly what I, oh, all those people that I called you to reach, the kingdom that I've called you to establish, the unity that I've called you to proclaim, I'll do those things. Ooh, somebody ought to just, ooh, come on. Don't miss your moment today. Don't miss it. Come on. Listen, if, if all you do is just come to church and just sit still and say nothing and you, you never activate your faith, you don't shout about it, you don't scream about it, you don't run around about it, you're missing out. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. If you never come down here to the altar and get on your knees, you're missing out. I'm just saying. Faith has, faith has got to move. It's got to be active. It's got to be something that you do. You got to take this home with you. You got you got to make it real. You got to make it alive. You can't if if all you do is just sit still. Nothing's going to change. I mean that that's just the short of it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Got to be like that little boy getting baptized. I'll do it. Couldn't wait for it. Calling the eagle Cyrus out of the east from a far country. The man I chose to help me. I've said it, almost certainly do it. I planned it so it's as good as done. Now listen to me. You're a hard-headed bunch and hard to help, but I'm ready to do it right now. Woo, come on. See, the day of salvation, it's every day, baby. You didn't miss it. You're not too far gone. 
You didn't miss your moment. You didn't miss your mark. You hadn't gone too far that God can't find you, that he can't reach you, that he can't pull you back out from where you've gone. You haven't dug too far. Don't you dare buy into that lie. Think God, God's, God's finished. He's not done with you yet. My God, he made a way. He gave us Jesus. That is the way. Deliverance is not a long-range plan. Woo, come on. If that'll give you, if that's not a release for freedom in this place, I don't know what is. You've been going through it. Deliverance is not a long-range plan. So you, you might have a season right now. You might be going through some stuff right now, but deliverance is not a long-range plan. I think you ought to just tell your future. I think you ought to just talk to your life. I think you ought to just say, hey, deliverance is not a long-range plan. Come on. I hope you're listening, Satan. I hope you're listening, flesh. I hope you're listening. Come on, pay attention. Deliverance. Hey, it's not a long-range plan. God has got a plan for salvation, and it is today, and his name is Jesus. See, salvation and deliverance, it doesn't mean that the trial just ends. It means that he's with you in the fire. It means that you have such a revelation of his glory and his presence that the fire doesn't touch you, right? I'm glad somebody else saw that. I appreciate that. Salvation isn't on hold. I'm putting salvation to work in Zion. When? Now. When? Oh, come on. I'm, thank you. I appreciate that. They got a hold of this. I'm going to need some help over here. Okay, yes, thank you. Yes, sir, I appreciate that in the back. And glory in Israel. See, God's trying to help us understand and see this this picture that he is for us, like so much more so than you think. I, I, I just can't help myself but try to relay this message from heaven because I just feel like God is, is releasing his faith for us to, to step forward, to stretch out, to, to move, to activate what he's placed on the inside of us. Come on. How many of y'all remember that there's resurrection power living on the inside? But, but, yet, but yet, how much of your life is actually displaying that resurrection power? Right? Like, how much of our life is our kingdom or his kingdom? Like, how much of your life is actually, like, really, like, resurrection power on display? Like, you got to ask yourself these questions because Christianity is not just about living a peaceable and quiet life. Yes, that's part of it. We know that because that's what Scripture teaches us about following God's law of loving him and loving other people and, and spreading the good news to the world. Yes, absolutely. Glory to God. I love that. But it's not just that. It, it cannot be just this, this life of of. Mundane. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired. I don't want to upset Pastor. I said something last week. He said, didn't like, he didn't like that I said it. No, I just said pissed off. He didn't like it. But I, I just, like, it, it upsets me and it frustrates me because how can we serve a God who, who raised Jesus from the dead, but yet we, we live in silence? Like, did he die for that? Did he die for our silence? I think he died for us to start speaking some stuff. Those things that be not as though they are. This city will be unified. The church will be unified in this city. You know, my, my friends, you know, they are going to get saved. Like, I believe that the best is yet to come for my life, for my family. Like, you just got to start somewhere. You just got to start using your faith somewhere. And it's got to come out of your mouth. Tell your neighbor it's got to come out. 
Oh, I wish, I wish that you would. I wish you would start all prophesying. Don't you remember what the word of God says? I wish that you all would prophesy. Prophecy, hearing the voice of God and declaring it, right? Just like Jesus. I only say what my father says. Like, ask yourself a question, okay? This is, this is gonna tickle you real good. When's the last time you heard from God? Oh, and acted on it. How about that? You're, you're, you're a child of God, so there should be a relationship. There should be communion between you and your father. So when's the last? I mean, this is, no, 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 this is not a guilt trip. This is not a place for, for shame or condemnation. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just relaying the truth to you, Okay. I'm just relaying something that's going to set you free because when you live in communion with the Father, there's glory, there's power, there's life. There's life abundantly. See, he didn't, he didn't come to, to condemn the world. He came to bring liberty to those who are oppressed. If you, if you, are, if you are in bondage, if you're dealing with something in your life, all you got to do is just call on the name of Jesus. All you got to do is just follow, follow his way. Don't get so stuck in this, this trap that, that I, I can't get out of it, that, it, that, that it's too late, it's, I'm too far gone, that, that he can't use me, that, that, that my faith isn't working. Mm-mm, don't you dare buy into that lie. No, sir. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, your faith is active. It's working. It, uh, I love this. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God spoken. Okay, come on now. See, you can't say the word of God and, and be silent because the word is. It's spoken. It's something that's out loud. It's something that, that has to come out. And, and, and so if you're a silent Christian, I think you're a dead Christian. And, and some of your life right now is testifying to that fact that it's dead that you've given up authority, you've given up control, you've lost hope, you've lost faith, that's because you let it die. But that's okay. See, because the same word in God's mouth is the same word in my mouth, and I can bring it back to life. Those, thi- those things that maybe have died, maybe I've let go, maybe I lost hope of, I can resurrect them. I can bring them back. All I gotta do is just stop, pause, meditate for just a moment, and say, Father, what is it that I need to come into alignment with that you're talking about for my life? Is it my marriage? Is my marriage too far gone? Is it, is it friendships? Is it family? God, where is it in my life that I need to let you in so we can, we can do this thing together? Together. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys. He, he didn't give us the Holy Spirit to, you know, it's not like the, it's not like the, the man. It's not like the coach that just, you know, says good luck and, you know, is on his phone the whole time or, you know, your boss, you know, that's never around that, you know, shows up late. That, that's, that's not who our God is. He doesn't leave us alone. I just, man, some of y'all need to increase your faith to believe that God is in this with you. He's in this for you. He's got you. Some of y'all need to start memorizing this word, putting it in your heart because it'll help you. The end from the beginning. It, this is all his idea. I said this is all his idea. Your life, it's not an accident that you're living, that you're breathing. 
He formed you together in your mother's womb. He placed you on earth with a purpose. Your life was his idea. And it wasn't just for a meager, for a mundane, for a maybe it'll work out someday. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. But did you not just hear what we talked about? Salvation is for today. Like deliverance is not a long range plan. Like his, his goal for you is not that just one day you'll be okay. That in one thing. No, 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 no. Like we have got to guys. We've got to get a revelation of this. Faith is, faith is now. It's not tomorrow. Man, some of y'all got to need to step out in faith and, and believe that. I'm going to help you out though, okay? Because I want to talk about how, how really valuable you are to the kingdom of God. See, I believe, like I was talking about a, a few minutes ago, that there is no such thing as a useless believer as a useless Christian. Now I'm talking about one that's like bona fide, like living in relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm not talking about somebody that want to come up to church on Sundays and they don't want to serve him on the weekdays. Now you, you're going to feel useless there. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm just letting you know because you're missing out. You forgot that you was salt. Try and put, try and put salt in sweets and you gonna, it's going to be messed up. You're going to feel real useless because you're supposed to bring preservation to something that you're trying to make sweet. You, you just, you're missing out on the fact that you're supposed to be light and so you're not blending in with the dark. See, that's just fact of matter. I'm just telling you the truth because I've been there. You don't blend in there because you don't belong there. That's not, that's not where, mm, come on, that is not your identity. The end from the beginning. Ooh, he sees it, he knows it. The question is to you. Do you see the end from the beginning? Do you see how this turns out? Do you believe that you're important and you're valuable to God? Or do you believe that you're insignificant? Because I'm here to tell, tell dads and each and every single one of you that you have a purpose and that it is so important, it is so valuable to the heart and to the kingdom of God. You matter. Can you tell your neighbor? You matter. But you can't look at this thing by sight. You can't look at how other people treat you. you got to look at how God treats you, at what he says about you, at the price tag that he paid for you, not how the world honors you. The world doesn't honor you because they, they don't know you. They hate you. They hated him. They're not. You're never going to find your place there. Tell your neighbor. You're never going to find your place there. It's not in the world. It's in him. It's in him that we, we live, we move, and we have our being. It's, it's us and him and, and him and us. Tell your neighbor. It's us and him and him and us. This, 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 can't, be, this can't be something where you just sit silent. Ask your other neighbor, you going to stay silent? You, you going to let pride stay in the way or are you going to open your mouth? Listen, if you don't do it today, then when? I'm just helping you out. I'm just helping you so you can take this home. If you don't do it now, then when? If you don't, if you don't fall on your knees at church, then when? Where? How? Your pride and stubbornness, you're just going to let that get in the way from you accomplishing what God has called you to accomplish. That nobody else He's set apart to do that. Just you. Just your calling that he wants, that he set you apart for. The good works. Man, is your faith being stirred yet? Mine is. There was this guy, his name was Elisha, and he really gave uh, the king some real bad trouble. 
I'm going to go to uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. I just want you to know, this is just like a little, um, this is like a little, um, like a little sweet, sweet something for you um, to really like get you excited because, because we're here to, to raise hell. And I mean R-A-Z-E. We are here to destroy the works of darkness. You're not here to just please yourself. You want to please yourself? Go ahead. I, don't change my mind. Don't change God's mind. He loves you just the same. But I'm just saying you're missing out because I've never done anything so exciting or had as much fun doing anything else than, than destroying the works of darkness. For this reason, 1 John 3, 8, the Son of Man was manifested to destroy the works of darkness. And that's why we lay hands on the sick, baby. That's why we cast out demons. Come on, somebody. That's why we speak in new tongues, because we're not serving no dead God. We're not serving no, nobody that, that's just don't, don't give a care about nothing in the, in the world. No, I'm sorry, but he's very present. He's my help in time of need, and he in the middle of this, right up in the middle of this with me. I'm, mm. Okay. Where was I at? Second Kings chapter 6. Okay. So, let's see. The king of Syria, that's who it was. The king of Syria is trying to wage war and mess up the church. He's trying to mess up the body. He's trying to mess up God's people. But God's not removed from the situation. See, he knows exactly what's going on, and he's relaying the information to Elisha. And so the king sets up, king of Syria, okay, Satan. He's setting up camp to try and mess you up. He over here trying to devise a plan about how he can destroy you, about how he can wreck your family, about how he can mess up your marriage, about how he can get you to slip up and fall, about how he can get you to to give him a weak point. But all the weak points in your life right now, all the weak spots, all all the areas in your life that the enemy is getting ready to attack are exposed because of who God is, because of his nature. And he's not going to let one, one arrow slip by unless you let it, unless you give the, the enemy authority to. See, just because it hurts doesn't mean that it's prospering. Just because it's, it's maybe taking you out for a minute doesn't mean that you've done, gone, and out for forever, period, bottom line. Maybe, yeah, you did slip up. Maybe you did let him in. Maybe you, maybe you did make a mistake. That doesn't mean God's through with you yet. But this story is talking about how God is really like on top of the matter. And I love this. And if you haven't got a hold of what Psalm 91 says about how we are protected and that God is going to pick us up unless we even trip up, then you haven't caught a revelation of who our God is and the way he works and how he operates and how he cares for his kids because, come on, he's a good father. And so in 2 Kings here, the king keeps trying to attack Syria, or excuse me, the, the king of Syria keeps trying to attack Israel. And every time he goes to attack, they're ready for it. And he is, he is like, he's like, what the heck, basically? I know one of y'all is spying against me and relaying it to our enemy. He thinks that somebody in his inner circle is going back and telling the other king of Israel, where they're about to attack. But here's the truth of the matter. Elisha 
keeps hearing from God and relaying to the king what's happening. And so they, they can defend before the enemy attacks. See, some of y'all need to, need to actually start using your faith to believe that God will tell you things in, in secret in advance that, that are about to happen. I mean, I really believe that. Okay. How y'all doing? Okay. So, as the story progresses, I'm going to have a drink of water. As the story progresses, as I was saying, Elisha uh, is found out. Um, they, they tell the king, they said, um, this guy, this prophet, is actually spoiling all of your plans. And so he's like, okay, bet. We gonna get him, right? You ever had that moment where you're like, mm, I know what's going on here. I'm gonna take care of this. And so see, the enemy, he's like that. He's like, ooh, I found out what it really was. He's like, let me really just mess up what God's trying to do. I'm going I'm to I'm mess it up real good. And so they wake up surrounded. Apparently, I don't know how big the city is, but it's, um, the story talks about how uh, Dothan is a city that they went to surround. But he didn't just say that he took like, you know, a couple of, you know, whatever, foot soldiers, some chariot men. It said he took a great army there to surround the city. And so um, I love this part. I love this part because Elisha's servant goes out early in the morning, the Bible says, and um, I think it's in verse 16. He said, oh, no, we're surrounded. Yeah, say, oh, no. Oh, no, we're surrounded. Y'all hear that song yet? You may feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Okay, see, what, what you need to, to do is have faith in, in who God says he is and, and what he says he's able to accomplish and, and what he says about you, not your past. It, it, you need to have faith that you are so valuable because the, Elisha said, huh, Lord, can you do um, what I can't and open his eyes to see that those who are with us are far greater than those who are against us. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes are open, and he sees this massive, much bigger army than the one that they're surrounded by of chariots, of fire, angels from God's army. See, we don't just serve no measly God. We don't just serve somebody who has forgotten about humanity, who has forgotten about our society. God is asking us to do something, but it is not without power. I really believe that there is so much of a release of God's grace, his forgiveness, his compassion, even his faith. Man, if you're needing anything today, now is your chance, okay? Today is your day. Tell your neighbor, today's your day. If, if you have been slacking on what God has spoken to your heart, do not miss this opportunity. If you, if you have been missing it on your marriage, if you have been missing it in your personal walk with Jesus, do not miss this moment today because God wants to bring restoration to your heart. Do I have anybody in here who believes that? 
God wants to, wants to bring some supernatural rest, restoration to your heart. He wants to restore you. He wants to open up your eyes. Man, come on. Hallelujah. I really believe that. The story doesn't end there, though. It's so amazing because, because what happens is that Elisha, he said, Lord, strike this army with blindness. I, I, like the audacity to say that. But not just the audacity, but to even have like the understanding and belief of faith, you know, operating to say something like that. Like, what are you using your faith for? Ask yourself that. Write it down. What are you using your faith for? Is it to advance God's kingdom or your own? I just, I can't help but try to encourage you guys and build your faith up to try and latch on and grab a hold of what God is directing and like pushing and running and just like so much power. That was like a terrible Jason. I tried to, there, that was better. If you come on Wednesday, you'll hear lots of that power. Like there's so much power that is being released on earth and it is for sons and daughters it's not for people that are going to sit and stay silent. Faith has got to move. Faith has got to speak. Faith has got to be active and operative and energizing. Faith is, faith is, is that word of God that is spoken. But it, is it in your mouth? It, are you hiding God's word in your heart? Is, is the name of Jesus so precious to you that, that you dare not utter it except realizing, recognizing that Everything stands at attention at the mention of that name. Like, is the name of Jesus so precious to you that, that you fall on your knees and, and you, you, you weep, you sob, and that you, you can't help but glorify the, his name because of his name? Or is, or is it just, has it, become, has it become menial? Has it become something that's normal? Like, is the presence of God in your life absent, or is it there and you don't even care? Like, faith Faith has to be something, I, I, I believe, because like pastor and mom, they started out this faith journey for us many years ago, right? Long before I was ever around. But I, I don't believe that we even really ever scratched the surface. I don't believe, I feel like that's what God's trying to tell us today. Like he wants us to activate our faith, to start speaking things that be not as though they are. So, so stop, stop believing, stop buying into the lies, that you're not enough, that God's finished with you, that, that he can't use you, that, that you're, it's, this, it's too far this, or I'm not enough that. No, just, just do it. You got to be like, like Mary when she told the servants, just do it. Yeah, I mean, well, Nike copied. Mary had a revelation of it first. I mean, it was in the word first, I'm just saying. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. I do like Nike Air Max. It is my birthday this week. <clears throat> Size nine. Okay, so faith. Faith without works is what? Dead. You show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Ooh. I said, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Okay, you don't act and operate on your faith, then it's void, null, and useless. You just let it sit there lying around on, on a table, and it's about as worthless as an empty, empty idol, empty God. 
You, you don't activate your faith and start speaking those things that be not as though they are, then you messed up because that's not my God. That's not the way he works. He sees the end from the beginning and he speaks those things that be not as though they are. And he said this, he said, faith without works is dead. James chapter two, verse 14 says this, what is a prophet? If someone says he has faith but doesn't have works, can faith save him? Nope. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, this brother or sister in Christ, depart in peace, be warm to be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Okay, if you missed last week, please get a hold of that. Do we have that for access? Is it up yet? Not yet. Okay, we're going to work on that this week. Because I'm talking about the body. I'm talking about how you matter. I'm talking about how your neighbor matters. I'm talking about how the body of Jesus matters. The same ones on the other side of the world that are being martyred. They matter because they're part of our body. If you didn't know, Sudan, it's a real thing. People are being, it's awful, okay? Thus also faith by itself, verse 17. If it does not have works is what? It's what? I mean, are you sure? You like, I'm not very convinced up here. So like if I just sit around and I don't do anything with what God's given me, then my faith is useless? You think you're accomplishing something by doing nothing because you believe in God? Check this out. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Because you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even demons believe and tremble. They're not changed. See, faith without works is dead. Demons believe in God. You believe in God, but you're not doing anything about it? Great. Good. That's helping zilch. I'm, this is the word. Don't, I mean, like, I'm sorry. I just, I just came to activate somebody's faith today. All right, I got a couple of witnesses. Amen. And so he goes, he goes, on, to, goes on to say a whole bunch more. But I just want to leave you with a couple of points. It's good. It's a really, I was going to go further, but it's okay. I think y'all y'all get something, you get something out of this? You're going to start speaking some things that being not as though they are? You're going to start calling yourself worth? while, valuable. You're going to start calling yourself important. You're going to start looking at your future as though it matters. You're going to start looking at, at the lives around you as though they're so much f far more valuable than yours. Or, or, or are you just going to sit silent? Are you going to stand idly by while the world goes to you know where in a handbasket? We can say hell in church, but it's a place. Okay, number one. If you're taking notes, which I hope you are. I don't see many note takers on the front row. Okay. All right. It's better, better late than never. I said many. You're one. Two. Three. Four. I was talking about this front row. You all are doing great. Sydney, where's your notepad at, girl? Okay. All right. Don't leave. Don't leave without writing down something, please. Make me feel bad up here. I'm just talking your ear off for nothing. I just, I, I can't help it. It was funny because I was having, I was having a conversation with a guy last week and he's like, man, maybe I should read the Bible. I was like, oh my God. 
thank you, Lord, has spoken to his heart. But it's like, really, like if you think that you could just remember everything that I'm saying, if you think that like God speaking through me is, is just like, eh, not that big of a deal. I don't really have to take point notes. Not that big of a deal. Then like you're missing it. You're missing how God works because God's like, he's like saying, hey, whoa, I'm over here. And you're like, mm, not impressed. Like you come to church and like you don't take notes. That's what you're saying. Not impressed. Don't care, God. Not that big of a deal. I can remember it later. Psh. How many of y'all remember what I preached last week? You're like, ooh, what did he say? Like, I'm just saying because, like, I do that. Like, and I take notes. I'm like, babe, what did they say? I'm serious. I take notes all the time. You will never see. Mm. I'm just letting you know. Like, a good leader is an example maker, okay? So you'll never see me, hopefully. I mean, there's maybe been a couple times. But I really try to do my best to take notes. Because if I'm not taking notes, that says, that says to me and to God that what's happening right now isn't important and I, it, I don't have to give enough care or, or value in it to pay attention to make an effort, right? Like, okay. I'm glad y'all got your notes out. Okay, so this is what I want you all to do. If you haven't got a few things already, because I already got a lot. So um, have faith in what God says about you not, you, not what your past says about you. Have faith in what God says about you. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a chosen generation. See, this, this is not no, like, baby move. Like, this is not no, like, little small, like, incident that God was like, whoops, I made Sydney. Well, I guess I'll use her. Like, mm, ooh, there's, there's Linda, there's, you know, Darian, there's, oh, well, hmm, I guess he's worth dying for. Like, I'm sorry, I don't read that anywhere in the Bible. I don't. Like, you're, you're not an accident. You have so much purpose. Like, you have so much value. You have so much worth on your life. You have such a great destiny. And you know what that destiny is? It's to be one with him. It's, it's to be one with him today and every day and every day and every day. Every day being one with him. That is your destiny. Your destiny is found in being one with him and living in relationship with Did y'all get this yet? Don't, don't, don't you dare for one minute believe what the world says about you that just because this is where you work. Mm, that's a good one, right? Like, oh, because you worked here. Oh, because you're in this season of life. Because you're, you're not doing that or because you are doing that. I don't think so. Because that happened to you, you, you can't? No, I'm sorry. That's not what God's word says about me. It says all things are possible to them who believe. And I believe that I'm worth it. I believe that God paid a high price for my life because he said, that's my kid. That, that's the one I love. That's the one I choose. I believe I'm always on display in his life on his Instagram profile. I believe that I'm always in his stories. He's always talking about me because he just can't help himself because I'm so loved, I'm so valuable. The question is, do you have a revelation of that knowledge? Are you living with a revelation of that knowledge? Is it, is it outflowing from your heart every day? That, that you are, that like every single thing that you do is, is worth all of heaven paying attention to and all hell? Because like everything that you do is marked with the name of Jesus. I just, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. 
look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he's lavished on us. He has called us and made us with his, his very own beloved children. Bam, that don't get you excited. I don't know what will. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love he's lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. I mean, I, if you can't think of any better verse to start quoting, start quoting that one. It'll change you. Okay, number two, have faith in God's ability. Don't have faith in your ability. Like, you can't do it. You're right. I think um, there was somebody, what was his name? Uh, oh, Jesus, that's right. He said, apart from you, God, I can do nothing. See, I've lived, I can tell you I've lived on both sides of, of the track where I think I can do it on my own. Like, there's a lot of days where where flesh Andrew wakes up, where soulish Andrew wakes up and he says, like, I don't, I'm tired. Like, ugh. don't want to serve you today, God. Like, ugh. And the spirit rises up on the inside of me and says, how great thou art. Oh, how, how good my God is. What, what lavish love this is that I would be called the son of the king. Like my destiny has so much value on it because I'm, I'm made to be a king. Like, you're not made to just be nobody. You're made to be a king and a queen. You're made to be a son and a daughter of the most, the, like, not the second to most high, the most high. Not like, like, uh, like, you know, when you prove yourself, then I'm going to call you my child. But until then, like, get it together. No. Like, God is so madly in love with you because you're marked with his DNA. You, you've been sanctified and set apart by the blood of Jesus. Don't, don't you dare for one minute buy into the lie that you have to do this on your own, that it is up to you, that you have to rely on your own strength, your own ability, your own wisdom. Mm-mm-mm. Don't you dare think that, that, that God is, is done and finished with you, you yet because he's not. Because the, James says this, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, just ask the Father, he'll give it to you liberally. I just wonder if I'm, like, stirring anybody in here today to get, like, excited about wrecking the world, about turning, the, turning this place upside down. Because we're called to be world changers. We're not called to be sideline gamers, whatever you want to say. I don't know. Huh? No, what you said? Yeah, we're not, definitely not bench warmers. That's not us. That's what Pastor said. He said, if I'm going to be used by the kingdom, like, if I want, if, like, these last days, like, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I mean, you just, like sometimes you just got to insist on telling yourself, like, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to sit still anymore. I'm not going to buy into the lie. Have faith in God's ability, not yours. Mark eleven twenty three. Hello, anybody? Have faith in God. Don't you know that when you speak, things happen? That's what God's trying to get our attention. Are y'all doing okay? Can I keep going? Are you sure? Can I keep going? Okay. All right. A couple minutes. Thank you, baby. I love your honesty. A couple minutes. Okay. You time me. Let me know what the Lord said. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. She, we're all the time. We're all the time. She's like, I am helping you. The, the Lord is helping you. The, this is his voice. I'm helping you. Listen to me. And it's true. She, she is. She's amazing. 
But Mark eleven twenty three, the whole reason Jesus says have faith in God is because Jesus curses the tree. And Peter's like, oh my God, Jesus, look at that tree that you curse. It's dying. He's like, don't you get it yet? What you say has power. Glory to God. So don't you dare have faith in your own ability. Did you like my woohoo? It was about as good as Morgan's. Where's Morgan? She's back in the kids' room. Woohoo. Okay. So does the mountain in front of you look bigger than, than your God? Right? Like the problems that you're facing, the, the shortcomings, like where you're at, like, like are their voices louder than yours? Who are you listening to all the time? Because if you're listening to God, then his voice is going to be louder than everybody else's. But if you're constantly giving an ear to your problems, to your worries, to your family, to all those things, like, first. I'm not saying that you don't have to listen to your people. Like, you don't have to listen to your flesh. Like, you, like if you don't, like, eat, you'll, be, you'll, you'll, you'll starve, right? You got to listen to what's going on around you, but not before you listen to God first. All right. Is the giant in front of you, is he, like, intimidating you and causing you to act in fear instead of faith? Like, is what happening around you causing you to, to change? Or is what's happening on the inside of you causing you to change? Whew, man, it just went off like a, like a explosion. So have faith in God's plan, not yours. Would you stand on your feet this morning? Actually, this afternoon. Crystal, you got some, Gabby, you got some music for me in the back? Okay. Everybody just close your eyes. Nobody looking around. They're turning on some music. I'm going to read you this last scripture about having faith in God's plan and not yours. So it's have faith in what God says about you, have faith in God's ability, and have faith in God's plan. Sorry, I didn't repeat those points to you. But Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, says this. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Would you just lift your hands all over this place? I really believe that God's spirit wants to release something to you. And I just want you to, to kind of stretch out your, your, like in your heart and just ask God, like, what is it that you want? What are you trying to give me? Can I have um, my prayer partners come here? some students to come down and pray today, but I believe the Lord showed me something this morning um, that he wanted to release something through sons and daughters very literally. Sarada, can I get you down here too, baby? If I believe that God wants to release three very specific things. I, want, I believe he wants to release faith, forgiveness, and restoration. So I've got adults with my, my teenagers, but I want my teen, the teens to be the ones that are praying. I'm telling you, God wants to do something that will, like, it'll wreck you. It'll, it'll turn your life upside down so supernaturally just by the laying on of hands. 
If you, if you need more faith, if you, want, if you want to see faith activated in your life, get down here. Do not miss this moment. If you want... If you believe that God is wanting to release forgiveness to you, do not miss this moment. Get down here. If you believe that God wants to bring restoration to your life, to your faith, to your to your memory, to your family, to your job, to your workplace, whatever whatever it may be, uh, faith in any area of your life, you believe that God wants to release faith to you, do not miss this. I'm telling you, God wants to do something very supernatural. He wants to increase your faith. He wants to give you, he wants to empower you to, to get to a place where you've never been before. And I, and I truly believe that it's going to be released as you come forward and they lay hands on you. In Jesus' name. If you're happy with, if you want more, it's here, it's available. Amen.